0: Hi, beautiful, and welcome to Self-Carve, a podcast all about self-love and success. I'm your host, Ivana Ritchie, and I'm here because I want you to have it all. I don't want you to settle for less. I want you to carve yourself and create the life of your dreams. And because of this, not only will I be sharing my knowledge with you, but I'll be inviting some amazing women who are all highly successful and they'll be sharing their stories with you as well. A woman who's self-carved knows that there's nothing she can do to change her past, but that she has all the power and all the magic to create the best version of herself and attract anything that she desires from a man to money to whatever, right? So I'm so happy that you're here. Let's get started. Hi, and welcome to another episode of self Card. I'm so excited to be back. Today, I have Laura DiBendetto with me. She is an author of The Six Habits. She teaches how to create the life of our dreams without changing who we are. Super powerful, right? Uh, Laura managed to overcome her adversities of bullying, abuse, bankruptcy, and burnout. She built a successful business at the age of 19 and then retired at 37 with a six-figure passive income. As founder and CEO of Vision Advertising, she's helped hundreds of companies build and grow profitable enterprises. Laura lives in Maui with her husband, and I'm so excited to be chatting with her today. Welcome, Laura. Thank you. It's wonderful being here with you. Yes. Yeah. So how is, uh, how's the situation right now with this virus outbreak? What is going on in Maui? How are y'all handling the situation out there? Well, it's
1: very different, actually. Um, It's, uh, I mean, it's, it's definitely lovely to be in such a beautiful climate. Going for walks with the dog every day is nice, but that's about all we can do. Um, The beach is pretty much just a confusing place to be because it's not really clear, like, can we go to the beach? You say you're closing the beaches, but surfing is still allowed. You need to go to the beach to get to the surfing. It's just, it's very confusing. So um, yeah, a lot of people are coming together in the community to support one another, which is really lovely, but life on an island that's um, uh, very geologically remote uh is interesting. And a lot of people are nervous that the trade lines are going to stop. So there's been a lot of hoarding.
0: Mm. Oh, I can imagine. I can imagine. Yeah. the trade lines
1: have stopped before. So I get it. So when people were like, we need toilet paper. I'm like, why? Now I get it. I'm like, oh, it's not going to run out on the mainland, but it actually could run out here. Okay. (laughs) I get it.
0: Yeah. That makes sense. That makes sense. We
1: have all these leaves. I don't understand.
0: (laughs) right you can go back to using that right
1: (laughs) yeah we got jungles i mean like what's the problem so but the uh the shipping line here has uh made every effort to promise that all of their uh their shipping routes and all of their supply ships are going to continue to come in uninterrupted and they know how vital they are to the community's well-being so it's nice that they've been so vocal about um keeping the trade lines open and um all that. So it's good. Morale is not nearly as high as it used to be. And tourism is very, very low. But mm-hmm.
0: um, I can imagine. You know,
1: there's a lot, a lot of um, older people here, which the Hawaiians refer to as kupuna. Um And people are really doing a lot to
0: actually take care of the older people, which I greatly respect and appreciate. That's awesome. That's awesome. And I definitely yeah. want to come back to talking more about uh, when and how you ended up moving over there and how life is for you over there as a business owner. But I would like to dive in a little bit more into your background. You've been through quite a few things. So I'd like for you to share like some of your biggest struggles and um, how you can pick out one or two or however many and uh, share a little bit about that and how that was and how you were able to get through it. Sure. Um, biggest struggles.
1: Well, I've been through uh, a bunch of different things, but, you know, life, I mean, I'm 39 at the moment, and I started my first company when I was 19, so the road between then and here has been very interesting, a lot of highs, a lot of lows, a lot of... um, Interesting things and a lot of failures, a lot of successes. I mean, it's just been a real serious mixed bag. It hasn't been like the um, the rocket ship and straight line to stardom. It's not like that for anyone, actually. Um, but I'd say biggest challenges. I'd say the biggest one was actually finding my own um, power. That was probably one of the biggest um, challenges that I had to really overcome. Um, it's hard because, you know, I was a victim of uh, domestic abuse in one of my first serious relationships. I went through a lot of bullying in my 20s. I declared bankruptcy. I got sucked into this stupid real estate scam and I, I didn't know any better. I was 24 and I thought I knew everything. It turns out I didn't. That's, that was quite the revelation. And um, the hardest thing was honestly just finding um, my own confidence, my own Power to be able to do things and not like a fake confidence, but like real, just deep seated, unshakable power that took years.
0: Mm. Powerful, powerful, powerful. And did that like really kick off in the midst of you being abused, or did that start like way earlier and that was just like amplified? And you're like, wow. I I really want to stand on my own. I really want to love myself. How, when, when did that really take root?
1: Well, as my parents would be all too happy to tell you, I was an extremely stubborn person when I was a kid. That's really not changed. I'm still a very stubborn person. And um, that stubbornness has actually served me really well, but um, stubborn people have a lot of power that isn't always being, used really well. I know mine wasn't because um, I was just being stubborn for the sake of being stubborn. I want what I want. Um, but the older that I got, the more that I went through, more was I able to see like how I could benefit from all the stubbornness and all of the stuff that I went through by just seeing the kind of fortitude that I had, my own ability to survive anything, my own resiliency. And stubbornness is strongly related to that. Um, It was really really interesting to be able to, I guess, just kind of like get through all of that. I mean, going through the abuse just pulled out more of my resiliency and more of my strength and the bankruptcy, more of it and more of it and losing sales that I really wanted to make and losing clients because I just made a mistake and did the wrong thing. And like every time I failed, I got stronger. And it's funny because I think we don't consciously like assign any value to the connection between like success and strength. But I think that unconsciously we all believe that if you're um, successful, that makes you strong. It's actually your failures that make you strong. That's what fortifies you. Um yeah, so it's like the success has happened because of the failures. I see so many people like starting businesses and they're like, well, I don't want to fail why <laughs> like you're like you're basically resisting strength training what are you doing no pick things up and
0: put them down just do it mentally <laughs> you know <laughs> for sure so for sure how was, how so how's your journey been like you started early and did yeah. you kind of know right away what you wanted to do or was it like no. progressed as a person you're like hmm no this fits more into who i am becoming or
1: no, I like that you describe it so beautifully. No, it was quite ugly, actually. <laughs> no, it was ugly and messy and the oatmeal, actually. I don't know if you're familiar with that comic strip. It's a very lovely, irreverent comic strip about everything. But he did this, um, this whole comic about um, what it's like to create his comics and stuff like that. And I was like, Damn, this looks like entrepreneurship. Cause it was like, <laughs> you know, do be outside of the box. Nope, jump back in the box. Oh, shit, I missed the box. You know, and it's like there's all these different things um, that talk about it. And it's like, oh, well, look at this. It's a, it's a uh trash fire. Neat. Okay, whatever, it's good enough. And it's just <laughs> it's just this crazy, like convoluted journey that's like a total mess. And then ultimately it works out anyway. And I'm like, oh my God, that's entrepreneurship. Yes. <laughs> So, um, yeah, um, I started my journey into entrepreneurship at 19 and there was nothing elegant about it. Nothing. Um, I just really wanted a job that I didn't hate and I had a bunch of jobs. I got fired from half and I quit the other half and you know, I did say I was a stubborn person, and I couldn't stand being told what to do by people I didn't like or respect, and I didn't feel like I was being paid well, and I've um, always wanted to be paid well, so actually out of exasperation, stubbornness, and frustration, I was like, well, you know what? Screw you guys. I'm going to start my own thing, mm-hmm. <laughs> so so I did, um, and I just, you know, Figured out well, what do I know? What can I get people to pay me for that I can do? So I started by doing some websites. My first website was for a, um, a motocross company there's there 's a long story there, but uh, I did uh, a website for them, and it just ended up morphing into um, over the years like full scale marketing and stuff like that and it was actually only when I retired from Uh, the active CEO position. Now it's more of like a um, in the shadows CEO position. Um, It's only when I retired from that did I really start asking myself, well, what is my life now? Who am I now? And what would really be in highest alignment with what I want? Before then, I I wasn't thinking about it. It wasn't on my radar. Should have been. Wasn't. I was just chasing the almighty dollar and the glitzy vision of success that marketers everywhere try to sell you.
0: Mm, That was just pretty deep. Thank you for sharing that. Uh, Did you, did you you notice that as you progressed in your relationship with yourself that you were making more money or were you able to really, you know, get those dollars, but you found yourself in an unhappy place and you kind of rerouted and then were able to kind of transcend that? Or how, how did they go together? Like the, the dollar amount and your relationship with yourself?
1: Mm. Well, my relationship with myself improved over the years organically just by getting older, just by learning more about the world, learning about myself. And uh, I'm going to be totally honest with you here and just totally admit I achieved a lot in my career. I've made a lot of money. I've had all the toys. I've done the traveling. I've done all of that stuff, but I achieved it because of self-loathing. I achieved because I didn't, um, believe that I was worthy of love unless I was, um, materially successful. Um, despite that belief, I learned to love myself along the way, but it wasn't really a conscious journey until I actually sat down, wrote my book and figured out what I had been doing right the whole time and what I could be doing more right. Um, So it was, it was definitely interesting. And I think, you know, you can certainly create tremendous success from a place of self loathing. It's just not healthy. Like I didn't have a good frame of mind to view all my success from. I destroyed my, um, my gut health. Um, I was literally bleeding internally um, because I achieved for the wrong reasons and from the wrong place. Once I started to like Connect all the dots and pick up all the patterns from like, oh, this is what I was always doing right. And the times that I was the most successful and made the best decisions as a leader, it was because of actually self love. So let's do more of that. I was honestly, I was able to just create much more joy, success, health, all of that stuff once I started picking up on the patterns. And that's where my book came from.
0: Mm, Powerful. I I, I love it because I kind of have a similar background, uh, especially when it came to. Uh, the uh, athletic world I used to play basketball and I was really taught um, I could tell you know when you when you're soaking up your parents energy that and what they're saying and how they're expressing love so much was based on your performance so I picked that up and I noticed with so many women I've chatted with and coached with that they have this kind of chip on their shoulder and they believe that they're not worthy or that they're not worth <laughs> celebrating or receiving that love unless they accomplish. And so we kind of shut ourselves off from love and from all the beauty that is actually here and then like you said uh, it it impacts our health as well in the long term. So totally. I love that you got to the point where you're like I'm going to create, I'm going to work from a place of self-love instead of self-loathing. So that's that's amazing. I love it.
1: Thank you. Yeah, you know what? You just reminded me of something. There's um there was one part of the journey that was probably the most um, pivotal, and I didn't know it. I was only able to see it in the rearview mirror. So as part of growing um, an enterprise that sells millions of dollars worth of services, um, you know, y- you need to be able to sell, right? My ability to sell was the first thing that had a noticeable improvement. Again, I couldn't identify what it was until I looked back at it later, but. The, the thing that made the biggest difference was my self-love helped me to sell better because I knew when to walk away from the bad deals. When people were trying to take advantage of me, I had the power to be like, mm, no, that's not going to work for me. Um, but you need my money. No, I don't. Thank you very much. Firing clients that were mistreating me. Like all of these things and my own self-worth was um, growing. I wish I realized it at the time because I could have leaned in and made it even better. But um, yeah, that was probably one of the biggest things that made the difference was my ability to actually be really clear about boundaries with clients and prospective clients and not tolerating abuse, because yes, clients can be abusive. Um, people that don't have a small business or even a large business, they, they may not realize that the customers can be very abusive, but they can. Um, people get very emotional about things, especially when it comes to money, and they can't always express themselves rationally or objectively in a, or in like a constructive, like partnership kind of way. And the better you feel about yourself, the more you're equipped to be able to handle those conversations. Cause you don't get triggered. You stand your ground. You're willing to walk away. And the thing that I learned, which is crazy. I learned this probably in my early thirties, the one that holds all the power in the relationship is the one that's not afraid to walk away. And the moment that I fired my first client and started saying no to prospects is when
0: my revenue just about doubled. Mm powerful. Oh, I love that for sure. And that's something I've really been witnessing. Like when you are an entrepreneur, like you get to see yourself so much quicker and you get to transform your life at a faster pace because of all these relationships. Like you said, I, I used to tell people, totally. past, well, you know, if you sign up for coaching with me, it's just going to be an hour, right? And it would be in the contract. And then people would continue to talk over the time and I didn't set the boundary and, and an hour long coaching conversation went into two hours. And I just felt like I was obligated to do that until I looked at myself and I had to check in with my self-esteem and look at why do I think I need to do it? This is what I where I was always at before and didn't lead me anywhere. I'm trying to please everyone and overdo, over, overdo, overdo, <laughs> overdo. Right. So I love how you are, you know, painting the picture of the more that you love yourself, you're able to set uh, firm boundaries, have those relationships that benefit you professionally and, and you know in your, in your personal life. And it also and makes you more money, better money, <laughs> more fun money. Totally.
1: Well, yeah, it is more fun money. And the interesting thing is, I hate saying this, but most people will cross boundaries just because they can, unless you enforce them. But the people that actually do wish to respect you, even though they're crossing a boundary, right? If you just lovingly nudge them back over, they'll be like, okay. And they'll honor your boundary. But the people that are basically the clients from hell, they'll always cause problems because they don't respect boundaries on anybody. And they probably don't even have any of their own. So it's a huge red flag. So it created actually a polarity across all my clients, my employees, um, partners, as soon as I started getting really clear about boundaries, like no, I like I've done it with exactly what you said. Like no, this was an hour. I you wanted an hour and a half, I'm billing you for an hour and a half. But right. no, <laughs> I'm billing you for an hour and a half. And if you give me problems about this, we're done. Like we're not going to work together unless you can honor the fact that I deserve to be paid for my time. And you know the people that were like, no, you're absolutely right. I value your time. Those went on to become my dream clients. And the people are like, I'm not paying for this. Nah, 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 nah okay, we're done. You gotta go.
0: Right. Definitely. It's not, it's not worth the time nor the end. No. No. At
1: the end of the day, like I used to have this guy working for me and he always used to say to me, like, this was in my twenties. I used to get ruffled sometimes after a sales meeting. He'd be like, Laura, we're not saving lives here. And I'm like, you're right. This is just marketing. These people can go eat dirt. I don't need this.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Lord. Yes. 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 Worth
1: it. I mean, I like being able to sleep well. And you know what? I remember like in my twenties, I used to be so stressed. Like I would not be able to fall asleep at night. My mind would be racing. Everything would be like turning in circles. And I, it was just a mess. And then, you know, loving myself, establishing the boundaries. I started sleeping like the dead. Thank you very much. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It was much better.
0: And you deserve it for sure. I love it. I love it. I love Mm -hmm. it. You, well, you mentioned that um, once you started prioritizing yourself and setting these boundaries, there were some things that you realized later on that you were doing really well and that you are talking about some of them in your book, uh, The Six Habits. Can you tell us a little bit about the book and uh, bring out at least uh, maybe one or two key concepts from the book and how they can be beneficial to, to, to any woman? Sure.
1: Yeah. So um, the things that I noticed within myself um, that I had always been good at for a pattern was um, the stubbornness and my ability to just like focus forward on goals, break things down into tiny chunks. I have attention deficit disorder that's a good time. Um, so being able to like break things into really small pieces has always been like really pivotal for my ability to succeed. So um, that's one of the things I was always good at, finding my voice, not letting people walk on me. These are really, really powerful things and just my stubbornness and my willingness to take on scary challenges. But the things that were underneath all of that, that's that's the real magic. And those are the real patterns. So I'll tell you what the six habits are. So the six habits are kindness. When I say the word kindness, most people automatically think that I mean kindness to others. I mean, kindness to ourselves. Kindness Mm -hmm. to ourselves is how we treat ourselves. When we look in the mirror and we say things like, you got this, you look great. You can do this. This meeting is going to go well. You're going to crush it. like That's kindness to yourself. A lot of people are living in the opposite. That's one of the things I was always doing pretty well. Was treating myself um, with a lot of kindness, acceptance. I always struggled there. That's habit number two. Acceptance is not how we treat ourselves, but it's how we feel about ourselves. Yes. There's they're definitely related, um, but they're not the same things. Acceptance is truly unconditional love for yourself, and I cannot stress unconditional enough. It's not like oh well, you know, I just. I'll feel much better about myself when I lose 20 pounds. Girl, you can feel good about yourself today. Saddlebags included. Just like be, be you, love you. That's it. Because you're going to empower yourself to do whatever you want. And you're more likely to want to get on the treadmill if you love yourself. And you're more likely to want to achieve if you love yourself. Can you achieve when you loathe yourself? Yep. Obviously, I'm a living testament to that. But acceptance is much more powerful fuel. So you get kindness and acceptance. The third habit is gratitude. Gratitude is really broad and deep gratitude. Um, it's not just the highlight reel for like what a lot of people have experienced throughout the day, but like, wow, I'm really grateful. I'm not showing any symptoms of the coronavirus, therefore I probably don't have it. Okay, I'm grateful for that. I get to be home with my kitty, my doggy, and I'm still making money. I'm grateful for that. I'm grateful that my family is safe. I'm grateful that I don't have to fight this scary thing by being on a battlefield right now. I get to watch Netflix, you know, like, I get to, I get to, I get to, like a lot of privilege stuff and realizing like what we truly have for gifts in life. Gratitude is very useful. Um, Habit number four is presence. Presence is choosing this moment. Lots of people, especially entrepreneurs, focus on past performance of the company, future performance. Oh my God, what happens if we close this contract? You know, we're going to have to do this and that, that, that. What if we lose it? Oh my God. You know, it's just a lot of stress over what could be, not necessarily what is. Um, Presence is about being aware of the past and the future, but being firmly rooted in the present. The fifth habit is goodness. And that's probably the most important habit right now that during this time of the pandemic is for people to be paying attention to goodness. Goodness is energy management. It's good energy in and it's bad energy out. And it's just like out of your life. So Adding good things to your life. Like in my case, I can't go to the beach anymore. I moved to Maui specifically so I could go to the beach whenever I want to and now I can't go to the beach. Cool. I can look at it and I can hear it at night, but I can't actually go to the beach because all the beaches are closed and they're finding people and blah, blah, blah. But I can walk around my property. I can spend time with my dog and my cat and my husband. I can make great dinners. I can work on my paintings. And I can add lots of things that fulfill me, but I can also remove lots of things that cause me pain, like watching the news every five minutes. That's so toxic to our well-being. Social media, the consumption is out of control and people are getting depressed. So you have to be mindful of allowing, um, like, Toxic energy in and how much you're allowing in, and really wall off as much as you possibly can. It's not just the news and social media, it's also people. Some people are hyper toxic right now. They're like going off on conspiracy theories and this and that. And it's a lot for people that are already stressed and taxed to be taking that on as well. So we need to be ultra clear right now about adding lots and lots of good, as well as really insulating ourselves more than ever against all the toxicity. It actually lowers our immunity, which makes us more susceptible to catching the damn virus. So that's something to think about. The final habit is intention. Intention is being really clear about what you want and instead of hoping it will happen, it is making it happen. And sometimes the intention is, I just wish to have a great day. So today I'm going to meditate and I'm gonna nurture myself and I'm gonna do the things that I need to do. Other days it's, today I'm building an empire. And this is my big goal. And these are the tiny steps it's going to take for me to get there. It's clarity. It's, you know, continual forward momentum. And it is very much not being a passenger in your own life and just letting life blow you around like um, tumbleweed. It's just being super clear. You talked about that in one of your um, recent podcast episodes was about um, intention. So I feel like you're already probably very good at that one.
0: (laughs) I love it. And I hope Whoever's listening, that they're writing down notes. Those were super, super powerful and amazing. And it's incredible, I think, how much of what it is that creates your well being and the external success, so to speak, is created just within you. And I think that people sometimes forget that, right? And they get so focused on, I have to do this, or how do I do that? And they forget, like, you know, and that's what I love that you say too. How our relationship with ourselves can, you know, literally transform what your whole life is like. And I always say that too. So I definitely, definitely um, back those habits up. <laughs> I love them.
1: <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, they're they're really life changing. And for me, um, once I was able to actually pick up on the patterns and all of that, it just, it really started to make a big difference. And like right now with everything going on with this pandemic, um, I'm not immune to the the disease or the virus, nobody is. I'm also not immune to the sadness that goes with it of you know, missing the people that I love like crazy. I want to be with my parents and they're like on the other side of the country um, and an ocean away. And they're elderly and they're walled off in their home. And I miss all my friends and I can't even go out with my friends that I met here. And, you know, it's hard. And like, even last night, I had a good cry about everything and just the feeling of futility. But it's these six habits that's actually pulling me back from whatever nasty stuff I'm feeling every single day. Like I'm practicing kindness to myself and just being like, you know what, Laura, it's okay to cry. It's totally okay to cry and be sad. Just feel your feelings let it out, and you're going to feel better after. So then I do, and I accept myself. I choose to be grateful for my health and this time at home and the fact that I make enough money where my husband doesn't have to work. Um, and I can just let him stay home and... Um, you know keep him safe and keep me safe and he's helping me with the business and this is actually a great opportunity for us to come together and finally get to work together like we always dreamed of so this is great you know i'm choosing to be present the best i can and it's really helping me to not go crazy and Every time I do get to go outside and take my dog to go poop, it's like, ah, outside. (laughs) And I just, I mean, the thing about all of this is just it's forcing perspective, which we can choose to be grateful for, we can choose to be really good about. And, you know, like I'm telling you, these habits are really keeping me like, you know, physically healthy because my immunity is stronger but also mentally healthy. Cause like I can still see the good in the world. And I also know when to put my phone down I'd be like, wow, that's a lot of toxic crap. I need a break, bye. And I just give myself one. And um, I'm still crushing my to-do list every day. I'm still publishing my book on June 1st, still building my launch team, still planning my Ted talk, still doing everything. And you know, I'm not getting derailed. I might have a few moments
0: of sniffles, but I'm okay. <laughs> I love it. I mean, that's all part of the journey, right? We have to allow ourselves to feel and whatever that is, even though we haven't really you know, felt it in a while whatever. I, I think it's a great time definitely for people to get exposed to their relationship with themselves and how comfortable they are to be present, like you said, with themselves and sit with their family. Totally and allow these things to come and really, really feel them, right? There's so many people freaking out about everything else being closed because they're so used to certain distractions, right, that keep them away from how they're truly feeling. So that's I know. something we definitely need to do. And um, I would also like to touch on, cause you mentioned your husband, um, a married woman I'm, myself, I'm a married woman. And I know that some women listening are married too. some that are running their businesses, but others who are thinking about running their businesses, but they've heard that, you know, it can be challenging. Maybe if you're married, how has your experience been, um, running your own company and uh, being married? Has it been, um, beneficial or has it been challenging <laughs> both?
1: Um, well, I think it's both. Um, so the man we fall in love with is not always our choice. And I fell in love with the world's most stubborn Italian man. So (laughs) that's been, um, honestly a real treat. Like I've He's a stubborn man, but he's also the most loving man. The Italians are extremely passionate people. And Mm -hmm. uh, he's been incredibly supportive of everything that I do. Um, And he has always encouraged me, hey, you know what, you wanna do this book, I fully support you. He's been like really, really encouraging and all of that stuff um, always wants me to like do things that make me feel good and give me great ideas and encourages me to travel alone, which most husbands and partners have a hard time inviting their wives to do. So I feel like I totally hit the marital jackpot when I got him. Um, but I think one of the ways that it made it a little challenging is being the stubborn, passionate Italian man. I think that there has been some, uh, Challenge probably to some of his ego because he wants to be the provider. Um, except I don't need anybody to provide for me and I haven't for very many years. <laughs> and that was, I think, something very new in our relationship. Like when I met him, he was um, making a really good salary and all that other stuff. But um, it was, I think, jarring for him to not be the breadwinner in the relationship and, and just be like, oh, Wow, her, she doesn't need me, and I think it's—I don't know—I feel like it's—I think it's hard for a lot of um, men, in particular, to not be "quote unquote" needed, but just truly desired. And I think getting past that hurdle was a challenge for both of us in our marriage, but ultimately, it was one that we. We fought through, and I, I use that word on purpose. We definitely fought through it. We're both Italian and stubborn, <laughs> just so we're clear. Um, when things are good, they're very good. But when they're not, duck and cover. It's not good. Um, <laughs> but yeah, we, um, we, you know, we fought through it, and ultimately, I think it's actually made our relationship a really awesome, awesome, constructive place because he appreciates my strengths, my stubbornness, my fire, and. He's definitely come to appreciate everything that makes me successful on my own without feeling threatened by it um, and totally realizes, oh, wow, this is better. You're not, you're not with me because you need me or depend on me. You're not a gold digger. You're, you're very much your own entire person, which means I get to be my own entire person.
0: Exactly. Huh. And I get to need so yeah it's
1: I mean it's just it's weird, I mean it, like my husband was used to um i think being with um women that are not built like me, frankly, I don't think a lot of people are built like me, so that's probably a broad statement but um yeah it's been it's been great, and now that we have this opportunity to work together, it's really like i don 't know it 's really awesome to see how much he truly is proud of the things that i 've um, that i 've built and how i 'm helping people like he did my ninety day program and he absolutely changed his own life and he started to be um, more of the man that he always wanted to be and he loves himself more than he ever has. I love myself more than I ever have, and our relationship is better and it 's just it's cool because I have my biggest fan in the whole world sharing a bed with me, which is pretty sweet. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's so beautiful. I love it. Sounds like a, a fun, interesting, loving, uh, exciting journey we've been on together, and I love is. the self-discovery aspect of you know being in in a passionate marriage and. Really getting to see your, yourself in a different light.
1: <laughs> oh, totally. You know, it's been cool to be able to like support each other too. And, you know, I think um, for, for any of the women listening to this, it's, uh, I, I've seen so many women struggle with unsupportive partners. And I don't know if you've seen that too. Have you? Yes, definitely. It comes from insecurity, as you know, like men want to be needed and Like, just candidly speaking, when a man feels like he's not needed, that really does something to him. And my husband and I fought through that because I do need him, but not economically. I need him because he brings a level of joy and understanding to my life that nobody else ever has. And for better or worse, I love that guy. (laughs) (laughs) And I choose you, babe. Even when I don't want to choose you, I choose you. And I'm sure he feels the same way. And it's, um, you know, I think that helping our husband or our partner work through that, um, feeling of loss of, she doesn't need me. She just wants me, which is actually an upgrade. They just don't realize it because these men are raised from the time that the little boys to believe that they are the provider. Mm -hmm. And, When that reality is challenged, it's like, okay, what do I do with that? So I think this is our invitation as powerful, loving, nurturing um, creators of life and creators of business to take our relationship and hold it safe and make it safe for our husband to not be needed the way he thinks he needs to be needed but to be needed the way we actually need, which is we really need a cheerleader. We need someone telling us, I believe in you, you can do this. Yes, you should travel by yourself, honey, because you always come back happy. And, you know, like our marriage is better when you're successful at work because you feel good about yourself and empowering our husbands and empowering our partners is really important because they're operating from a place of fear,
0: hardcore, you
1: know? And I Mm -hmm. think that- when we run from that, we're not doing ourselves or our partners any favors.
0: Tot- totally agree. Uh, my husband was the same in his previous relationships. Am I g- going to be uh, able to live up to you know, those type of expectations when it comes to my income and how I'm going to be able to provide and all those things? But now <laughs> with me, he's like, well, I want you to be you know in the, in the front line. I'm always pushing you. I would rather than to ask you to speak you know, I want to promote you because you're not seeing that enough in this world. It's all about, you know, the beautiful. And so he said, I'm just sitting back and I get to, you know, reap the benefits. So I love, absolutely. He went on that journey just like us and had to really discover who he was and work through those insecurities. So I, I think it's so, so powerful that you're sharing that and that we do need them, but it's just in a different way and it's more powerful, I believe. Yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, there's this whole like cultural expectation that a woman is weaker, that a woman leans on her man, that a woman is useless, um, she can't take care of herself. I mean, even Hollywood still perpetuates this thing. There's even like... um, you know, this thing, I can't remember who it was. I think it was like Reese Witherspoon. Oh no, what are we going to do now? Like every time there's a crisis in the movie, (laughs) the woman turns to the man, what are we going to do now? And like, have you ever asked that to a real woman? She's like, get out of the way. I've got (laughs) this covered. Right. And it's like, I just like, I love that. And I feel like it's, It's a really scary thing for anyone to become an entrepreneur, but it's a really scary thing to also change the dynamic of a relationship, but also challenge a cultural norm and really start to break shit down that's actually harmful to people, like pigeonholing men as you are provider, you are not nurturing, you are blah, 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 that fit in this little box. That's not helpful to them any more than it's helpful to women to be told, you you are supposed to be five foot four, big boobs, small button, have like be beautiful and be outspoken, but not too outspoken and blah, blah, all these stupid rules. Like it's not fair. And the more we can courageously challenge this bullshit and we can actually like look at ourselves um, and invite our partners to go on a scary journey with us, the more we can actually rise. Like I'm going to be totally, totally honest with you right now. My husband and I have fought hard for our marriage to be good. We have like, we've been through couples counseling. I have no shame in admitting that we needed the tools cause we were going to rip each other's faces off. Um, and being with me, I don't care who you are is probably no picnic, but he, for whatever reason, <laughs> wanted to do it. So <laughs> he deserves a medal, <laughs> but we just like, we fought hard to create this. We've had the hard conversations like, and now like, Now we can say tough things to each other. Like when I'm hurt, I can just say it. And it doesn't turn into this big like meltdown. Like I can be successful in my business and he can just totally support me and he can have a great day and I can support him. We can have bad days and support each other. And this was hard one, but we intentionally chose to believe that we were willing to fight with each other to fight for each other.
0: Mm. It's a great way to put it. I love that. I love. After that. several years of fighting yeah.
1: with each other, uh, yeah, that <laughs> that phrase didn't come from nowhere. <laughs> yeah,
0: I mean, it, it's it is interesting. Everybody has their own opinions and how things should be, but at the end of the day, I think it's it, you know it's healthy to fight it out. But then if you can't solve it, you know I gotta and, well, you gotta get some help. And absolutely, so.
1: It was really useful. I mean, we went to the couples counseling. We went there on and off. We learned a lot of things, but we also um, did a lot of work together. We communicated a lot. We, um, you know, we made some mistakes along the way, but we read some books together. We talked about things and it was tough. You know, I came into this relationship with a lot of damage. So did he, we healed each other. We healed ourselves, you know, it was hard, but that's how I know he's definitely the one is because he has walked through the fires of hell with me and he's done it sometimes kicking and screaming, but for yeah. the most part, willingly, me I've too. done the same sometimes kicking and screaming, but you know, choosing each other every day. Um, even when we are breaking all the cultural rules, like we have such an atypical household, but I deeply love it that way. And we're just happier. You know, and I think that, yeah, I think as husbands and wives and partners, you know, like you and your husband, it seems like you guys have made like a really great um, new culture, like a culture of you and him. And I, I would love to encourage like everybody listening to this, create your own tiny little country of two.
0: That's it. Yes, I love it. Create your own laws. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's it. That's all that matters. Love it, love it, love it. All right. Well, before I ask my last question, I would like for you to just share, like, what does vision advertising have? Like what do you have going on right now? What is the thing that is really like the focal point or is it just like you're overwhelmed with so many customers? What's going on?
1: Okay. So vision advertising is uh, my marketing company that's based in Massachusetts. And what an interesting time for the company to be just existing um so we provide marketing services for lots of small businesses we help people figure out what their marketing plan should be Um, we do the research figure out what the competitive landscape looks like and figure out what the effective marketing plan is going to be for your unique business and you can't just guess at this stuff because it's very, very costly to make those guesses because they typically don't work out, so you have to do the research and then we execute on a lot of it, so we provide social media management and like a lot of um, now crisis management, probably not now more than ever, um, a lot of publicity services social um sorry search engine management um, marketing services um, event structuring like lots of different things in the way of marketing um, and Right now, it's very interesting to see like how our company is really thriving right now because people want to retain their income and they're leaning more into the marketing, the ones that can. Um, and I think it's a really, really beautiful thing to be able to see so many businesses actually thriving right now. And... Um, choosing to invest more into the marketing, but in more like helpful ways. Like they're reaching out to a lot of their own um, customer base trying to serve and do more good and they're making a ton of money as a result. And our company's thriving and um, everybody's working from home which is a little isolating for some of the extroverts on our team who <laughs> really miss human beings in a big way, but the non-huggers are like, eh, I think I can deal with this. You know how it is, the huggers of the world and the not-huggers. <laughs> we have some very not-huggers on our team, and oh, thank God. <laughs> so, so that's cool. But um, yeah, the companies, um, it's really all about like helping people, and I think like right now, one of the things that's emerging um, as a result of like the pandemic crisis is we're actually doing a lot more community workshops to teach people about how to start a business in the middle of chaos. Um, you know, crisis management, how to handle your business when it's very like brick and mortar, how to shift quickly, how to pivot, um, into new revenue streams, how to solve problems for clients, stuff like that. So that's pretty cool to see the woman that I, um, uh, had succeed me, um, she's my COO. She's running things really well. I talk to her almost every single day. Um, she is definitely the right person to be running things day to day because we share a brain and she um, she makes decisions like really, really well. So that's cool and it gives me tons of freedom to focus on the book and um, getting that launched and just helping people. And right now, like more than anything, I, the human, I'm just trying to spread joy and like hope wherever I go. I don't want people to feel hopeless and terrible right now because that's truly optional. So I'm trying to do my part, spread the joy, not
0: the disease. Yes. Awesome. Awesome. That That's amazing. Definitely. I'll make sure to include uh, any links to any free trainings and they'll be able to watch you. that or reach out to you. Anybody who is looking to start a business right now or who just needs help with marketing because they're freaking out. So that's super, super helpful. Uh, totally. Will, yeah. Where will they be able to connect with you or learn more if they're interesting in hiring you or just getting some Sure. So uh, thank you for the invitation
1: to share that. Um, I have three different websites, but the one that you can probably get to that connects to everything else and with the easiest spelling is thesixhabits.com. Six Six is spelled out, T-H-E-S-I-X, habits.com. So if if you go there, you can follow me on Facebook where you always see a lot of my inspirational free live trainings. Um, You can join my launch team if you want to help me launch my books. You can get free early access to the book. All you got to do is write a review, share a a social post about it. Um, But you can also connect with me, write me an email if you're struggling. I respond to everybody. Even if you don't hire me, I just have so much love that I can give to people right now and i'm happy to share it um you know i can refer you to my marketing company like whatever it is that you need on your emotional journey as a human as your journey as a woman as a wife as an entrepreneur that needs some marketing i would love to help but if you go to this six that's kind of like a great central hub to connect with everything else
0: perfect awesome awesome thank you so thank you I'm curious. So this was an amazing conversation. I had so much fun and I would like to ask if there is something else you'd like to add, a quote you want to share or just something that you want to leave the audience with.
1: Um, yeah, actually. Um, thanks for that invitation. Uh, you know, I was writing this article yesterday um, for someone who's trying to like figure out how to um, uh, give advice about Business right now and thriving. I think the thing that I really want to give people uh, right now is two things. One, your relationship with you is going to empower you to do anything in your life you can survive a crazy pandemic crisis, you can actually boost your immunity by not being a big stress ball, you can fix your relationships with others, you can have good boundaries, you can sell anything, You can start a business, but it all begins with you from inside. Success is not material, success is internal, and if you work on yourself and you become a master of these habits, either by just watching my videos or get in the book or whatever, like you will be a happier, healthier human. So that's number one. Number two is this pandemic crisis that we are facing at this moment is an opportunity for us to restructure our priorities. A lot of people are freaking out. There's also a lot of people that are looking at this as an opportunity. You can be one of those people that once you calm yourself down, you can look at this as an opportunity. So when you pivot your perspective, you can take a look at, hmm, pandemic and possibly dying of lung failure, really scary. Making a sales call and doing a cold call to somebody I've never met before, hmm, by comparison, not actually that scary. You know what? Maybe I'll do it after all. So you can restructure a lot of your priorities to what you truly care about. Stop defining your success and your joy by material things, which has been clearer more than ever lately that it's really um, what lies within and the people we love and the things that really um, light us up, like travel and all those things that we miss right now. Those are the things we truly care about, and getting our priorities back to that and finding our courage by realizing the things we're scared of are not that scary. You know, we're facing something genuinely scary. So, look at things and compare it up against that. Can you start the business right now? Can you ask for the sale right now? Can you double your prices right now? Like, what can you do with this, realizing that it's actually not that scary compared to the real scary thing? Mm -hmm. Just take the leap. Because at the end of the day, if failure is the worst thing that happens to you, you're going to be fine.
0: (laughs) I love it. That is so amazing. Thank you so much for sharing that. And thank you so much for coming on. It was a joy and a pleasure speaking with you. And thank you for all this wonderful information you've shared uh, with the audience. I I appreciate it so much. Thank you so much. Such a pleasure chatting with you. Me too. All right, you take care. Take care.